Welcome back to the podcast. We've spoken with people who showed their appreciation for farm workers and a representative from a union for farm workers. On this episode, we spoke with Marisa Gutierrez, the HR director for Taylor Farms. Agriculture companies have an important role to play in how farm workers are treated. Marisa discusses with us her own connection to campesinos and the steps Taylor Farms enacted during the pandemic to keep their employees and frontline workers safe. Just to start us off, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about your background? My name is Marisa Gutierrez. Um, I'm HR director for Taylor Farms. Um, I've been in Agno for about 20 years. Um, I started my career in Silicon Valley, and then when I moved back to Salinas, I started my first job in the ag industry, and I've been in ag ever since. Tell me a bit about the history of Taylor Farms, just to get us started. Um, for people who, I know a lot of people in the area know about Taylor Farms, but for people who might be unfamiliar. So Chris Taylor actually followed in the footsteps of his father and his grandfather, and he he's the third generation to, to work in the fresh produce business. He and his wife, Linda Taylor, and, and several other partners founded Taylor Fresh Foods in 1995. And um, their vision was to be North America's favorite maker of salads and healthy fresh foods. And um, when we started, it was primarily a food service operation. So you would see our our products in restaurants or hotels or in schools. And uh, now we've ventured into the retail and the deli market segment. So uh, on the real retail side, you would see our salads um, prepared, uh, ready-to-eat salads, actually not prepared bags, and um, ready-to-prepare salads in uh, shelves at the grocery stores. And then um, the deli side, um, you would see our um, kind of a grab-and-go at grocery stores or at coffee shops. Um, so we've now expanded into those market segments as well. But the company's still family-owned and based here in, in Salinas, California, as you know, the salad bowl of the world. Um, and we're now the leading producer of salads and healthy fresh foods. Um, and we produce here in the United States, in Canada, and in Mexico. So I wanted to go a bit more into detail about how you guys started in agriculture. Can you paint that picture a little bit for me about making the switch from Silicon Valley to being here in Salinas? Why did you make that choice? What was it like when you first started? Uh, so switching from Silicon Valley to to agriculture was day and night. And Silicon Valley, even though um, huge and there's a lot going on, the pace is definitely 100 times faster in ag. I mean, we depend on so many external factors that it just um, makes us pivot right and left and uh, on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, it's it's a much more fast-paced environment. Um, And 
my parents worked in worked in ag. Um, they were frontline workers. Um, so you can say I've been exposed to the ag world in some way or another um, for most of my life. Um, and then, um, so I've been I've been in some of the larger companies in the area, and I've learned about the business and and all the different internal and external factors that affect the different crops. Um, it's been about twenty years now. Touching on, on your parents, were they campesinos? Yes, so they did everything from, um, from harvesting in the fields um, to packing and packing sheds um, to eventually shipping and receiving um, fresh produce. Yeah, so so that's how I was exposed, initially exposed to the seasonality of the work and the migration and all of that. How does it feel that difference between, you know, growing up around people who worked in the fields and now working sort of in the in the business of it? You know, I never saw myself working in ag. Um, I didn't think there were this type of opportunities. Um, but one of the things that made me gravitate toward Taylor Farms was the culture for me with my background and being in human resources, it's really important for me to work for a company that values its employees and that treats them right. Um, and, and so just being a part of that is, is really an honor to, to be able to be a part of that and to, to work for this kind of company. Just knowing, you know, the experience firsthand on the other end of it. Yeah, and speaking of, of treating employees, tell me about your experience during the pandemic. How did the company have to adjust and what changes were made? Like I mentioned before, ag is a, a very dynamic industry. We we depend on so many external factors and we continually adjust and and then um, we pride ourselves in taking care of our customers no matter how many hoops we have to jump through to get the job done. Um, it's pretty intense, but nothing in my 20 years could have prepared me for 2020. It was just full of unknowns. It was full of uncertainty and, and none of us knew what the outcome was going to be. It, it was really tough to say the least. Um, Bruce told us a story during a leadership meeting recently that um, about the shutdown when he first, when we first learned that there was on Friday afternoon that there was going to be a shutdown, schools were going to be closed, and for him the thought was that his employees were going to have to adjust, their families were going to have to adjust. And and on Monday morning, he showed up, and the streets were empty on his way to work. And he looked up the window, and the street, streets were empty. And he didn't know what to expect. Um, but all of the employees just started trickling in and showing up. Everybody figured it out over the weekend, and they just showed up. And it's just really um, kind of... It just shows 
the type of culture that Bruce and Linda have fostered here and just how employees really value this place. Um, before the the agencies put out the recommendations, before the shutdowns, before OSHA got involved, our leadership team came together and um, immediately started making adjustments. We didn't know what was going to happen with the business, but what we did know was that we had to take care of our employees. Um, they were put at the front of the line to be essential workers, and we just knew that we had we were going to have to continue to show up, but we were going to have to keep them safe. And we were given all the resources available to keep them safe no matter what. So we started um, doing just everything we could think of, putting sanitation stations everywhere, um, taking temperatures, implementing masks, training employees. Uh, we changed how we trained employees. We created videos so that we wouldn't gather them in the same room. Um, we started um, implementing distancing, changing the layouts of how we did our work. We started uh, putting barriers in and, um, and just, just having the green light, it just fosters a lot of cre creativity. So you, you know, our maintenance department created barriers that they can bolt onto our lunch tables so employees wouldn't have to expose themselves during lunch. And it, it was just amazing how we came together before anybody else was thinking about it, before even um, OSHA was um, thinking of what to tell us, that, you know, how to, how to instructing us on how to um, keep employees safe. Fortunately, um, we had no outbreaks. Um, we, we really did uh, keep our employees safe. We, we learned to contact trace also. Um, the counties weren't prepared. They were short staff, and so we had to learn to contact trace. We had to learn uh, the quarantine rules, and we had to make sure that our employees um, stayed out if they were exposed, if they had any symptoms. Um, if for any reason they thought they might have been exposed, we kept them out. Um, and um, unfortunately, I think that's, that's what kept us safe. And you've mentioned masks and contact tracing, tracing and some other um, precautions. What about sick days? Were paid sick days increased if someone, you know, did become ill? Yes. So um, California in particular um, implemented uh, COVID sick days. Um, but even before that, um, Bruce Taylor sent out a directive to a nationwide and, and he said, he told us um, that he wanted us to pay additional sick days. So even if employees ran out of sick days, he wanted to make sure that we offered additional sick pay so that employees wouldn't feel like they had to return to work. And so I think that really helped um, with that process, that healing process that none of us knew what it was gonna be like but employees didn't, their income didn't suffer because of it. Are any of these adjustments you think going to be taken into post-pandemic life? Any changes that are going to be made permanent? Um, yeah, so 
we were fortunate also that we already had a lot of practices in place uh, and more for food safety reasons. So wearing protective equipment, frequent hand washing, sanitizing, um, not showing up to work if you're sick. And uh, I think we upped the ante in a lot of that. And I think a lot of that is definitely going to stick with us. Um, in some areas, we change layouts um, for distancing reasons. And I think that's definitely um, going to stick with us. We have um, different layouts for uh, breaks and lunches as far as um, where people gather and eat. And so that's also going to stick with us. What are some plans moving forward? Is the company working on getting vaccine information to the frontline workers or anything like that? When the vaccine first rolled out, um, Bruce Taylor had a a virtual meeting with us and, and he told us that he wanted every employee to be first in line, even before him, to get the vaccine. And... So after that, um, we we went on a mission to go get the vaccine for as many employees as possible. And um, yeah, I think a lot of us felt that these employees were put out there on the front line, in front of the line to work during the pandemic. And they deserve to be in front of the line for vaccine too. So we... We went out and we knocked on every door possible. I mean, we we faced many closed doors. Um, and it was just, you know, there wasn't enough vaccine available. Everybody was trying to be first in line, but we didn't give up. We kept pushing forward. And um, I remember the first call we got was from Yuma County uh, telling us that they were ready to vaccinate our employees we were still our our production was still in, in Yuma County and I I asked well how many employees can we do at that point you know we were facing so many closed doors there wasn't enough vaccine I thought they were going to say 30 maybe 50 if we got lucky and they asked me well how many do you have and I said well a thousand I just blurted the number out because I was thinking of our harvesting employees, our plant employees. And she said, okay, we can do a thousand. And at that moment, I had taken the call standing up. My legs felt weak. I sat down on my chair. And I remember the, just the relief and the sense of hope that I felt was just it just overcame my entire being. And um, and so we had only a few days to to figure out the logistics. We didn't know how we were going to set it up. We didn't know how we were going to continue operations and vaccinate a thousand people. But somehow the team came together again. And we ended up with over 1,200 employees vaccinated. And our traveling employees showed up to Monterey County fully vaccinated um, in March, in early April. So that was that was an amazing feat. Um, we had to do a lot of education 
up front because there was a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so we really worked hard on that, on talking to our employees, answering questions. Here in Monterey County, we also brought in some nurses that um, talked to our employees and answered all their questions. And, and we also um, started the season, uh, before the start of the season, uh, we had an on-site vaccination clinic. Um, and, and we've been promoting it ever since. We're up to 83%. Uh, which is a lot higher than than the county average and the national average. So um, we're pretty proud of that, but the work hasn't stopped. We're still um, putting education out there and <clears throat> trying to encourage that other 15%. We want to be at 100%. Well, I actually, I think that that's a really nice place to end, but I want to give you the chance if there's anything else you'd like to add about what's happened during the pandemic or plans moving forward that you think people should know. I think um, for me, I think we, we just need to keep our guard up and make sure that we continue doing what we can to keep our employees safe. Um, you know, there's talk about a, a variant and we just can't let our guard down. We have to um, make sure that we're, we're ready for that and, and make sure that we continue to keep our employees safe um, no matter what. Mm-hmm.